Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and today it's dubbing our 363. It's impact against all odds, but I am not alone. I have the pleasure to be joined by the dubbing Dan. How you doing, son? I am doing very well, thank you. I'm eating my vitamins and I'm saying my prayers and I'm starting to get some 38-inch pythons. Well, I hope we go into more detail like that in future episodes. But it's been a while since we've seen you and since you've seen Impact. So we're going to catch up with a month's worth and get bang up to date with you, Dan. Are you ready? I am ready as I'll... Well, here we go. 27th of May. I'll try to explain it as I go along. Violent by design. Open by saying the chance happens. That change happens. And change in Impact Wrestling was by their design, you see. Sammy Callahan makes his way to the ring. Ever since that dummy Kemi Omega come to Impact, Callahan has seen nothing but a bunch of bullcrap. They're afraid of the death machine because he isn't normal. He can plan to have to count a moose or Rich Swan, but he can't plan for him bashing your head in. Don Callis, you're going to do everything in your power to stop Kenny getting in the ring with him. He is afraid and he knows what will happen if the AEW Impact World Champion gets in there with him. If he's not chicken, he will come out right now. Moose? Well, Josh Matthews is back in the comments you say was tonight, subbing for Matt Stryker. Moose says Sammy is doing a lot of complaining, but nobody cares. Last time he checked, he is a number contender. Like he was told last week, stay out of his business. Till against all odds, Kenny Omega is his business. After he beats him, then he can continue to complain and get beat. Callihan compliments Moose on his stature and athleticism, but you don't think it's suspicious? The good brothers are attacking him and not Moose. They know he's dangerous. And here come the good brothers. Well, they deflect by saying they're getting blamed for everything. Praise the Lord. Not sure what this gimmick is, but they're preaching like they're in church. They say Callahan needs to stay out resting God's business. They're on Moose's side. Moose says the problem is he isn't on theirs. He attacks them and they drive the good brothers out of the ring. They go backstage and Don Callis says he has the power kind of match. The good brothers will face Moose and Callahan. That's what they're talking about. He is later asked if he has the power. Well, yes, he's still an EVP around here. Scott Demore catches up and he's shocked to hear him making matches. He likes the match but doesn't get to finish his sentence because Callis weasels his way into Omega's dressing room where he's getting ready for tonight. So uh, that's a lot of setup, Dan. Basically, Kenny Omega, as you know, as the AEW World Champion, is the Impact World Heavyweight Champion. Moose is scheduled to watch it. Now, for Impact, the last time you watched it, I mean, it was quite a long time ago, but there's a few... I think names here that Moose is one of those that you know anyway, isn't there? Moose. You know? And Sammy Callahan, are you? Sammy Callahan, I'm, I'm, I know Sammy you're Callahan. You're up to date with him. Well, yeah. Right, so okay, so that's cool. So basically, they're the two kind of main challenges for the Impact World title. They're making a thing of it because obviously, someone who's not part of the company has got it. They want to get their belt back. And the first match is TJP and Falabar versus Petey Williams and Josh Alexander. Out the four here, Dan, you, how many do you know here? All of them. All of them. There yeah. we go. So that's what we're talking about. Calabar's a big weapon, isn't he? He's yeah. Big, he's a big lad. He is, and he's been teaming up with... Bah! T- bah! <laughs> yeah. He's like a Samoan fella. Yeah, and he's been yeah. teaming up with TJP uh, and getting the job done. Right, so on to the match then. Well, the walking weapon t- tried a ripcord but ate a Samoan drop from Bar. A frog splash from TJP to the champion earned the win and kept him in contention for a title shot. Yeah, this is a good tag match and Bar attempt up was quite funny because obviously he's got as much chance as I have of uh, actually completing one. Indeed, yes. <laughs> well, we get a sit-down interview with W. Morrissey. Everyone is extremely happy when the cameras are rolling. They are nice to everyone's face till the cameras stop rolling as they will bury everyone behind their backs. 
He doesn't think he's bitter, more like realistic. People kicked him while... And all those fans who love us, they took out their phones and recorded him having a seizure so they could fill it on YouTube instead of calling the hospital. I've wrestled his last him when they saw the footage and no one contacted him for three years. All the same people who hadn't talked to him in years, they were conveniently happy to see him return because they want a piece of the action. When he makes it to the top of this, they want to be a real buddy with him. Well, as for Swan and Mac, they aren't really friends. When he was down and crying, they laughed at him. But who's laughing now? Rich Swan then attacks him from high. This was fantastic. Dan, the W. Morris, who's recently debuted in Impact, is the former big cast. Uh, I know you've got very strong opinions, but this was really good because he's... Look how annoyed he is. Like I said, his lowest point, when people are laughing at the point, he's no longer a comedy character. He's got no more friends anymore. He's out for it himself. Are you willing to give Big Cass a chance? You know, willing to see what he can bring, but unless he's vastly, vastly improved his in-ring ability, which I highly doubt, I think it's still going to be the same old shit. Um, You know, it, it remains to be seen. The benefit of the doubt, you know, he was kind of... Dragged down by Enzo, you know, he's kind of dragged into that thing. You know, he, they was a tag team way back when, and like, you know, they kind of split up, and then he kind of didn't really capitalize on it. I think he had one feud with Daniel Bryan before eventually leaving. Um, but you know, maybe this could be his path to redemption. Who knows? Yeah, well, without a doubt. Well, the knockouts share their reasons for love and impact in the division. They're encouraged to be themselves. The knockouts revolutionized women's wrestling and broke glass ceilings. Rosemary speaks for her team, saying they have assembled an army and there will be no survivors. It looks like Taylor Wilde isn't around. What happened to her? Rachel asks if they could replace her with Jordan. Tennille points out that they just lost the tag teams. Jordan feels a bit insulted to be a substitute. But... So we get Rosemary, Havoc, Tennille, Dashwood, Rachel and Jordan Grace versus Jenna Pratsu, Kimberly, Susan, Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles. You know all of them again. Yeah. The Hills replicated their success on Rosemary, but she tagged Ellering into the match, partnering with Grace to take the fight to... No, the action broke down with the Hills fighting among themselves. Meanwhile, back inside the ring, Rosie Pimperazzo to score the win. And just like that, we get a new challenger for Perazzo's Women's uh, Championship and another good tag match. Like I said, the women's divi- knockouts division in Impact is as good as anywhere else in the world. Well, Scott Demore catches up with TJP and Josh Alexander and books an Iron Man on, net we- on next week's before the... Wow. It'll be a big match. That is big. I mean, uh, we're going to go more to detail next week, but Josh Alexander is the X-Division champion. He wants to prove that he's there uh, as a guy who can be remembered as a great champion. We'll find out next week. But apparently Jake Something and Ray got into the business together, got signed to Impact at the same time. But despite that, the paths are crossed. They are set for a tables match at pay-per-view. But as you said, he would take what is owed to him and something said to his personal. It's been a long time coming. Sorry, so his surname is Raju? <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, <laughs> Raju, I like it. I like it a lot. No, Jake something. <laughs> it was, I think it was, it was Jake. And then he was something on the independent circuit. Then he came here. And he's teaming up with Dina as uh, Jake Dina, and they split up. And now he's got this something character. But there is he's wrestling in, in a lot coming up, and there are a few jokes uh, about him. But we'll move on for now. We've got the Violent by Design address. Well, his vision is pure, and his mind is clear. Eric found when he was sick, with no path, direction. He opened his eyes to the truth and allowed him to become his. The version you see here is the most diabolical, 
Violent, righteous and perfect. And that brings him to the war machine Rhino. He was sick, weak and a shadow of his former self. Young opened his eyes and the killer returned. The man with the most violent instincts in this business returned. And this was all by design. He came in with your call your shot trophy. They held the trophy by design and waited to use it when Finjuice was at their weakest. They used it by design. The quicker you realise this world and the next is theirs. That He promised they would be more violent than before. And that's what happened. Impact Wrestling, all of wrestling from east to west will belong to them. Mexico and Japan too. Well, let's go out. Here comes Kojima. He wants a piece of violent by design. He's staring at Joe Doring. Kojima wants him against all odds. Doring nods. Looks like official if management agrees. Now, a little bit backstory on this, Dan. Is of course Eric Young is Violent by Design's head. And we talked about Dean splitting from his tag team partner and joining him. Uh, Rhino was teaming with Heath Slater, and Heath Slater got an injury when Rhino won the Call Your Shot, which is a kind of cheap version of Money in the Bank. Uh, managed to get the tag team titles for all Violent by Design against Finjuice. There's a relationship with New Japan at this moment in time where they're having wrestlers come across, and Kojima is one of those wrestlers as well. So they're basically having a relationship of bringing a wrestler in. Looks like he's going to uh, wrestle Doring. And Doring's the guy who has fought uh, Kojima before in all Japan. So there's kind of history to it as well. But the promo itself, I mean, good old Eric Young, he's fantastic on the promos. He was criminally underrated once he got called up to the main roster in WWE, Dan, didn't he, you know? Absolutely, yeah. His work with Sanity in NXT was absolutely brilliant. Couldn't really fault it. Um, But they kind of halted when he got to the main roster for some strange reason. I mean, Eric Young... Even as a mouthpiece, even as kind of like the head of a really weird stable, I think he's perfect. Without a doubt, and unfortunately he suffered a torn ACL, so he's not able to wrestle, but he's still the mouthpiece, so it works out for him there. And I asked why I put the titles on uh, Doring and then have a wrestle singles match. And then, uh, of course, it's three bird rules, so it doesn't matter. Dina and Rhino can defend the tag team titles as well. Well, Impact Wrestling's doctor says Matt Cardona is with Orbital Bone. Brian Myers storms in and wants to know what it would take for him to get him out of impact for good. Bill interrupts his promo. Instead of slapping him around, Myers wants to... Yeah, this is the Myers we need. Of course, Brian Myers, Matt Cadona, former Zack Ryder and uh, Kurt Hawkins. But Myers has been in impact for a little while now. And I really dig what he's been doing. Cadona's come in recently and he's kind of taken the shine away. I don't know what you think about that. Do you think, like, we're seeing that kind of known like this. Do you think Myers should have been allowed to just carry on doing what he's doing or to have this kind of feud which is going to be now between the two kind of make more sense because people know more about that um i don't know it's weird it's kind of like they're bringing in a feud look i slated aw so yeah i think like you know with impact they should have their own feuds but then you know going back to the um the new japan kind of yeah thing. no I, 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 I agree with you there because it's a shame because miles is going back himself and now cardona's coming and you're going all oh, right just this, like I said, the former Kurt Hawkins, so to speak, as opposed to the Brian Myers. But yeah. well, we see Decay walk in front of Violent Design, and Dina tells Crazy Steve he should know better than to. He tells Dina he's still in the shadow of someone else, much like former cousin Jake. Somehow, Violent by Design allows Steve and Black Taurus to walk on so they can work their match. And of course, uh, I'm next to Decay, Crazy Steve, Black Taurus versus Johnny Swinger and Hernandez. I'm sorry, but AEW, they really, really have the fucking god awful. AEW or Impact? Uh, sorry, Impact. Sorry, I'm just fucking used to slating AEW. <laughs> yeah, you are. It's well, just a natural thing, but Impact, they do have 
you know, I, I said about Jake something. And then you've got, like, Decay Crazy Steve with two Zs. Well, Crazy Steve's the clown, isn't he? He's the... Hu- I know, but I've just kind of... Black Taurus. Yeah, Black Taurus is from... Uh, Taurus, Triple AAA in Mexico. Johnny Swinger. Well, Johnny Swinger's the old WCW guy, isn't he? And You're right with Hernandez, though. Yeah, you know, Hernandez <laughs> is all right. That's kind of... But, you know, there's there's loads of moose. I mean, that's a... F- yeah, I know, yeah, I know what you're saying. But it took me a little bit getting used to, but we'll, we'll see if it does with you. What about the match, though? Oh, a brief sprint of a match concluded with Steve catching a sw- catching swing up with a jumping... Yeah, nothing match, giving Decay the win. And then we get Moose and Sammy Callahan in the main event versus the Good Brothers. The number one contender to the Impact World title exploded into the bout, wiping the Braby faces rolled tension as a miscommunication spot between the brothers to Callahan. Well, after the match, Moose delivered a lights-out spear to leave Callahan lying to close out the show. Moose looked awesome. He had it won, a really good main event to an OK Impact, would be fair to say. But isn't that match really cliche? You know, like two guys, you know, attention and teaming up to go against a tag team because, like, you know, and you know that they're going to have a bit of a boil up yeah. at some point and you know, they're going to fall out a, a mistimed spot the whole tide. But at least we know where it's going. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's one thing with Impact. Yeah, it may be, I don't want to say basic, but that kind of storyline, at least you know, like you said, you're going to have interaction and kind of pay off as well. Uh, so June 3rd, before the Impact, we see it hosted by John Burton and Gian Miller. I, you know how much I'm a geek, Dan, all right? I watched the BTI and then the unedited match that is available in Impact Plus for free. You can watch it, 60-minute Ironman match. It's fantastic. x Championship, Josh Alexander versus TJP. Let's get right into the action. Alexander scored the first full 20 minutes into the 60-minute time limit, pinning the defence. Desperation fueled TJP for the remains, leaving him to exhaust it. Well, both men go spinning to the outside. Alexander avoids a second tonight of DT and a well-scout suplex. Pete Williams tries to talk the champion out of hitting a divine intervention on the ramp. TJP uses a moment of distraction to escape with a hit. Trey Miguel and Chris Sabin run out to stop Alexander for applying the same move at the top of the entranceway. TJP takes advantage of this second appearance by flattening the champion. He goes crawling back in the ring. Several members of Impact roster come out to see the match up close. Again, which is a really cool thing. Alexander beats the count and makes it into the ring by the ninth count. And just like that, Impact BTI uh, ends. Impact Wrestling starts with eight minutes and counting. With four minutes left, TJP hits the member splash. Picks out. Uh-huh. With four seconds left on the clock. TJP can to score the tie at a piece. We'll talk about stoppage time equaliser and then sudden death overtime. Alexander and TJP throw wild hate each other after the break. TJP lands two. Two. Perfect kick combinations, but Miss Alexander flies off the top with a perfect ball. Well, Alexander looks for another deadly move, powerbomb to the knee, cover, but no. TJP managing to kick out. Oh. Alexander delivers his divine intervention, cover, one. Two, three. Alexander picks up another fall and a point. He retains his X Division match. I mean, wow. This is one of the greatest matches that ever that I have actually seen. It's a match of the year candidate. I hope I don't forget, Dan, at the end of the year when we're doing this, to mention it. TJP has always been good. How good was he in CWC? The very first Cruiserweight champion, you know? TJP, man. A, a man that I kind of adopted. I've got his shirt. You know, he's, he's a great wrestler, great performer. Someone I've always admired and kind of being the X Division champion. It's like the Intercontinental Champion. You know, it's the midway to good. It's the It's brilliant. I love it. But, you know, Alexander controlled the majority. Both men looked absolutely exhausted. It was awesome to see Josh Alexander and TJP exchange gratitude backstage. 
and TJP thanked him as it may be the last moment. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, and credit to Josh Matthews and D-Lo doing a good job because they even turned to each other and they said, so what's the longest match you've called? And he's like, I've done half hour. He said, yeah, well, I've done like 20 minutes, so let's see what we can do. So, you know, <laughs> they got through it. They had an episode of Impact to, uh, to get through. Yes, and backstage, Don Callis and the Good Brothers are enjoying the conflict with Callahan. They see a camera and chase the camera. Yeah, and then we see Scott Demore coming in to applaud Alexander and TJP. He, uh, Alexander declares himself the self-proclaimed king of Impact in the company, as if you've seen the Unified Impact World Championship back. Ace Austin, Chris Bay, and Pete Williams fight it out among themselves and who will be the next guy to challenge Alexander for the title. The state of Josh's face as well looked like he went 60 minutes of punishment. I like the fact that he said, look... We might not have the world title now, but this is the championship in this company. And you've got the challenges that want to step up as well, you know? Indeed. Yeah, so uh, up next is a table match. Jake something versus Rohit. Well, Raju resorted to a low blow and then delivered a double stomp on something through two chairs. To something. (laughs) No, sorry. On the wrestler, Jake something through two chairs. However, a furious something fought back, delivered consecutive black hole slams and speared Raju through the table for the win. Rohit is a better heel than MJF. I'm gonna start, I'm gonna put that right now. People talk about you said this in the past when people go about MJF. Rohit does all the little things. He sold his fear. Dan, with a hill, how important is it to show that you're actually scared of your opponent? Oh, you've got to do it, yeah. You know, like literally that is one of the things that makes a great hill. Another yeah. nice long match. Uh, this was really, really good stuff. Indeed, yes, and backstage W Morrissey demanded a Rich Swan and Scott Demore told him Swan came to him wanting a match a lot of acne confirm nor deny that he may or may No, I mean he's just he's just jacked at the moment. I think that is what it is. And came out Morrissey came out from behind and hit a clubbing blow from behind and threw Swan into the guardrail by the timekeeper's table in the ring Swan ducked a clothesline, hit a step up kick and a few strikes, but Morrissey dropped him with a big boot. Security came out to stop Morrissey. Morrissey shoved one of the security beams. Well, so it looks like this is leading somewhere. Backstage, a verbal confrontation between Roseby and Havoc. Go ready to a stipulation for next week's match between the two. If Havoc beats the number one contender, she joins the Against All Odds match between Roseby and Dana Prazzo for the Knockouts Championship. Myers becomes the basics on how to become the most professional. And Dashwood and Caleb were K approached Rachel backstage and said they can really feel a vibe. They went out to Spiel to recruit her to join Tanil for a tag title run. Dashwood, the former Emma, of course, in NXT, as uh, trying to make everybody her tag team partner in recent times. And kind of failing at that, to be fair. Knockouts tag team championship match. Beating for a great deal of the contest, which took her out of the equation late in the bout. With Kira Hogan draped on her back and a sleeper hold locked in, held backwards in hopes. Instead, Hogan held on and Tasha steals the top rope with Ray. Yeah, I mean, the chemistry between these two teams have improved greatly. Fire and Flavor and Ellerin and Grace. Uh, of course, Grace and Ellerin lost, won the tag team titles off Fire and Flavor, lost them back. The shortest reigning women's tag team champions at this moment in time, not a great thing. Good match, a fantastic finish alone. Because you know sometimes when someone's waiting for a position for like yeah. a splash off the top, the, the timing of it was was perfect, I will say. But Grace loses again. Look out for that. Well, Sammy Callahan cuts a promo on Moose before the big collision later. But Don Callis interrupts. Callis pokes fun at Callahan, calling him the bridesmaid and never the bride. Callahan asks Callis to leave. He finishes his promo on Moose that he's going to kick his... Well, we see a vignette for Steve Macklin, uh, the former Steve Cutler in WWE. He was making his impact debut soon. Uh, jury's out for me, Dan. I mean, you just... 
no offence to cut, he may be a great worker, but you don't just sign everyone, do you? You don't, no, unless, unless there's, you know, a good, you see something good in them, I suppose. You know, you never know what uh, impact will they see in him or what, they, what plans they have for him. I suppose, to be fair enough, we'll find flavour and form to be defending their titles against Susan and Kimberly uh, against all odds next Saturday. Satoshi Kojima made his Impact Wrestling in-ring debut Thursday, battling violent by designs Dina in a pre- Well, Dina controlled early, but Kojima fought back and stunned his opponent with a barrage of shotgun chops for flattening with a top rope elbow drop. The Koji Cutter put the... Who hit the ring... Yeah, well, the 30-year-old vet may be not the biggest name, but like the guy on Dynamite, New Japan, playing the long game. So he said, yeah, you can have legends. You know, have a cut of legends. Yeah, you beat them if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, we want Moose. You know, like, or, or something like that. But it's an okay match. Very old school. Well, backstage, Moose cuts up from Callahan. Don Callis tries to play Mike. Moose refuses to listen to Callis. He asks Callis to tell Kenny... I'm Where Young is calling out Eddie Edwards for causing mayhem in a match. Crazy Steve and Black Taurus can't help but laugh at Young's antics, calling Edwards the bad guys. Decay wants a match with Violent by Design against all odds. Eric Young grants them their request. And the main event is Sammy Callahan's Moose. Moose dominated early in the contest despite nursing an arm injury. He delivered go to hell at one point. As Callahan mounted a comeback and turned the tide in his favour, the Good Brothers, they beat down the two the cleanest impact world. Well, backstage, Scott Demore approached Don Callis and suggested that since Callahan defeated Moose, he should get a shot at Omega's title too. Uh, next week, AEW President Tony Khan will be in attendance and the three executives will discuss what to do about against all odds title matches. Uh, Moose may be one of my own favourite entrances, there's no doubt about it. Has he still got the Moose? As he goes around... No, it's like a Rick... It's like, it's it's awesome. We'll watch it at the, the pay-per-view itself. I, I think it's really, really cool. Show felt a little longer, but of course it was still good. Man match and before the impact. So literally, it did turn into like a three-hour show. Uh, spit flying from Sammy's face. And Callis also saying, well, that's the, the job done now. And then Damore actually being quite a smart executive and saying, well, no, actually, Callahan got the DQ finish. So technically, you know... Uh, news-wise, tickets for Impact's anniversary paper in July have already sold out with over a month to go until the summer event. On June the 3rd, Impact revealed fans will be welcomed back. Yesterday, Impact revealed that for the event shortly after the sale, Impact and claimed was noted. Well, of every ticket sold for the event was part of the Super Premium VIP ticket plan, as well as admission to the show, tickets came with other perks, including complimentary snacks and official Slammiversary merchandise, or as we call it, the W&R type of ticket. You know, I think that's exactly what we have got so they just got a bag full of shit, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Well, we move on to the go-home show of Impact, uh, 10th of June. This week's show kicked off with Impact Wrestling Executive Vice President Scott Demore introducing All Elite Wrestling owner Tony Khan. Don Callis interrupted the pleasantries and talked up AEW and Impact World Champion, as he is prone to do. Well, Callis denounced the idea of Alice Summer Callahan's against all odds main events, citing his history as well as list and hated wrestlers in the business. Khan offered up Daly's place for Saturday's match for the title. And vowed that Callahan Demore dropped the other shoe on Callis, though, revealing that the wins bout wins Callahan July 7th. So there you have your Slammiversary main event, the winner of Moose and Kelly Omega versus Sammy Callahan. Not we talk about the kind of big uh, stars on impact at this moment in time. This was okay. Tony Khan is a mark for himself, there's no doubt about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, people, I mean, there's, there's been a lot of comments recently, people saying, oh, uh, He's going to be the next Vincent Mann and, and all this kind of Lord of the Ring and Forbes uh, stuff. And it's just, it's bollocks. It's like, just because you've bought yourself a wrestling company doesn't no, make you Vincent no. Mann. 
just because daddy bought him a fucking <laughs> wrestling company. And I quote, his dad said, Jess, you might as well spunk the money while I'm alive so I get to see you enjoy it. And the thing is, he said, I'm not going to advertise Impact on AW because I advertise AW on Impact. That's what he said, you know? Um, I'm good. Everybody else has disagreed with me on that point, apart from you, Dan. I'm glad. Uh, D'Lo Brown and Josh Matthews recap what just happened during the summit. Then they run down the matches still to come for tonight's show. Backstage, Demontis Callis, the World Impact Champion, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. The Good Brothers are mad that they won't be able to come to Saturday and be Demore mentioned Good Brothers with me, Callahan. Or Brian Myers continues shaping Sam Bill into a world-class wrestler. Teaches Bill how to cut a promo. Myles tells him to cut a promo on Matt Cardona. Do you know, this was quite good stuff. A lot of inside uh, stuff Myers was saying here. Sammy Callahan finds Scott Demore and says that he doesn't need a tag team partner today. Tommy Drina. Dreamer interjects and says he'll help the death machine. Well, up next, against all odds, qualifying match. If Havoc wins, she'll be added to the Knockouts Championship match this Saturday. So, Havoc versus Rosemary. The demon assassin started furiously rocking Havoc with the break. Her opponent turned in her favour to Rosemary. She did, and after delivering the full spear of the match, put Havoc... Well, after the match, so Kimberly and Susan hit the ring and beat the competitors down. It's a good match. Bit surprised. Uh, led straight to the next match. And I will say as well, usually with that type of thing, you go, oh, they've put this match here, so she's going to win and be added to it. It's a nice little surprise that um, they, they didn't. And, of course, the next match is uh, Lee versus Stills. Well, Lee made the mistake of crashing, of taking flight, crashing into the waiting knees of Stills. Moments later, the tag champion. Well, after the match, action between Pruzzo and Cole and Fire and Flavor came to an abrupt end with Rosemary and Havoc clearing the ring, put Kira Hogan down with a double choke slam before standing tall. This was okay. Yeah. Uh, another vignette is shown of Macklin promises he won't have his back turned once who. And after a magnificent Ironman match last week, the exhibition champion Josh Alexander will be watching the number one match on Saturday closely. Looks forward to who will become the next challenger. Ace Austin appears, tells the champ to watch what he's going to do tonight ahead of the number one match. Alexander looked confused. So the number one contendership match, uh, well, hit Raju and Chris Bay versus Trey Miguel and Petey Williams, of course. The Hills isolated Williams, cutting him off from his partner. The bout, Maple Leaf Muscle and tagged me to the match. Trey sparked the bout. Well, after the match, Ace Austin and Madman Fulton attacked all four competitors, only for Williams to deliver a monster-sized Supercadian Destroyer to Fulton off the top. Right, this was an incredible thing. Like, fair play, four great talents, really good match, and fair play Fulton taking that fucking Destroyer when it could have broken his neck, you know? Absolutely fucking brutal, yeah. But backstage, Willie Mack promises to put a little respect into W. Morris. Rich Swan wants to help Mack out before he meets with him on Saturday. Mac tells Swan that he's got this. Well, it's all about me with Tenil Dashford. Tenil Dashford and Caleb with a K. Welcome, Rachel Ellerman, to this week's show. Ellerman brings Jordan Grace. Dashford and Caleb aren't too keen about Jordan there. Ellerman wants to know what she brought her on. Ellerman feels disrespected that Dashford won't accept that Jordan and her are tag team partners. She wants nothing to do with Dashford. Jordan then challenges Dashford to a match against all of this Saturday. After a disappointing loss from Dina on the before the impact tonight, Eric Young has high hopes that Rhino and Dina will successfully retain the Impact World Tag Team Champion. Also, Joe Doe Ring will square off with Eddie Edwards tonight and Satoshi Kojima on Saturday. He wants Violent by Design to conquer them all so they can take... So, Joe Doe Ring versus Eddie Edwards and the physically opposing Doe Ring dominated the action, but the resident Edwards fought back and appeared to be rolling late in the bout. Interference for VBD's Dina due to disqualification, robbing the former world champion of a big win. 
Kojima hit the ring as the Hills was beating down Edwards, chasing... Well, this is all about setting up against all odds. This was okay, but not really much of a match. No, Moose talks out how important this Impact World Championship is to him. He says Impact needs their pressure. Well, D'Lo Brown, Josh Matthews run through the matches, set all odds, and now the main event, no disqualification, W. Morrissey versus Willie Mack. Mack withstood Morrissey's early onslaught to take advantage momentarily. He teased, obliterating him with a steel chair, but crashed the weapon. Morrissey did downed him and wrapped a chain of ice. Well, Mac finally fought back, laying into Morrissey with a barrage of shots. He tried for a six-star frog splash, but the heavyweight crashed into the chair. Morrissey booted the chair back in his opponent's face and scored the win. Morrissey looked to punish Mac after the bell, but Swan made the save, chasing the big man off. Well, Morrissey's first main event in Impact, and I think he will be one of the main players in the uh, the next year or so. And when will Matt get sick of taking beatings because of Swam? And James, Dino used <laughs> the word catty. Has he been listening to Do you podcast? think he actually has been listening to What are the chances of Dino using that word, Dan, after you introduced it? I have no idea, but... D-Lo, I'd like a you know a shout out for at least using the word that you heard. On yeah, we WR. we don't mind. Just like you said, credit where credit is due. You know, like there's no doubt about it. All right, uh, so it is paid for your time. It is against all odds. June twelfth, Dan. We're going to do this old style. Uh, we're going to watch the opening promo. I'll get your thoughts on it, and then we're going to watch your first match, and then the main event, and of course review everything else in between. So, Dan, what did you think of that opening promo? Well, with that promo, it just goes to show that it is all about one thing and one thing only, and that one thing is Kenny Omega. Do you think... Sorry, continue. Um, I don't want to stop you. <laughs> you know, it, it is showing Moose to be looking good, but I think Impact are doing more for AW than AW are doing for Impact. That's what I'm saying. And do you think there's an over-reliance on that? Because a lot of people say it's good because at least AW gets shown. But how can it be if... On AEW, they don't show Impact, and yet in Impact, it's all like about AEW. How is that helping out Impact to a bigger audience? Because it's just showing W to this one. Yeah, it's like, well, why do we want to see the kind of brand that gets beaten by the other brand? We might as well just watch the brand that beats the other brand, because they're obviously the better brand. Yeah, well, it's all I'm saying, you know. Uh, but I don't think we need any more hype. Like I'm saying, I'm ready for Moose and Omega. They've been building this since the kind of January. And can I just say, I've said about Moose... Ages, yeah, know, no, kind of. what have you said about Moose? I've always enjoyed him. I think he's a great character. You know, back when he was kind of like a facey guy, I think he turned heel for a while, and now he's more of a, a facey guy. But yeah, he's always been impressive. Great athlete. You know, he, he could just... He is... You know, he's he does he can do anything and everything in the ring. Yeah, without a doubt. So we're gonna like I said, work the first and we're gonna watch the main event as well. Matt Strike is still away, so Josh Matthews and D Lo. They've been working quite well. So it's the good brothers Carl Anson and Doc Gallows versus Sammy Callahan and Tommy Dreamer in a street fight. Now, good brothers uh, have been going around as the lackeys. Does it help them out? You've been watching AW, you've seen them on Impact now. Are they just the whipping boys for Kenny Omega now? Again, you know, I don't like this because these guys that impact wrestlers, as I, you know, as I'm led to believe, I, I think they should kind of be defending their company. They want, they should want to see their title defended in their company. They should have their own agenda as opposed to being Kenny Omega's bitches and kind of cleaning up Kenny Omega's mess. I mean, you know, Sammy Callahan's in a feud with Kenny Omega, not the Good Brothers, but the Good Brothers are going out and fighting Kenny Omega's battles because. 
obviously gobble gobble backstage. Well, not just that. It's like so Kenny Omega is using the gob- Good Brothers because at the last pay per view when he had the number one contendership match with the Moose uh, with Moose and Sammy Callahan in, the Good Brothers attacked Callahan, not Moose. Now you got to ask yourself: Did the Good Brothers make a mistake by by just attacking Sammy and not taking out what potentially is the bigger threat in the main event now? And like I said, and then you got Sammy Callahan. You know about him, how sick and sadistic he can be. You know uh, now he's involved here. Did AEW? Did they stir the hornet's nest? Like I said, should they have just left it? And instead, they've got people like Moose and Sammy Callahan now involved in their business. Have AEW made a mistake in that part? I think so. You know, I think they have kind of uh, shot themselves in the foot, so to speak. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Like, it's not going to end well for the Good Brothers, especially when you're going to get to Callahan and Dreamer. Don't get me wrong, Dreamer looking like Dusty Rose more and more. But, you know, in a hardcore match, this is their wheelhouse, so to speak. What the fuck is going on with Dreamer? He's got, like, long hair ponytail. I mean, is that a sign of when someone gives up, they grow a beard and long hair into a ponytail? Well, it might be the case, but Dreamer's still wrestling every now and again. But we like to talk about the threat and being this type of match. is exactly going to play for Dreamer and Callahan as well. There's no doubt about it. So what can the Good Brothers do then? I mean, and how good can they be? Can I just say, has Dreamer suffered so much concussion that he thinks Impact is kind of like his ECW now? That's kind of what the the, the the role he's playing in this anyway, it is, it's it seems kind of like, This is ECW. No, no Tommy, it's Impact a, uh, TNA. <laughs> it used to be TNA, now it's Impact Wrestling. Not ECW. As you can see. Uh, but what about the Good Brothers? Where do you think they can go? Because they're, they're contracted to Impact, but have been appearing on AEW, of course, because of the relationship. Uh, you know, I think their kind of uh, allegiance with Kenny Omega is certainly bringing them up. It's certainly giving them a lot more recognition. I don't think them being uh, Omega's whipping boys, kind of, you know, if it was a six-man tag match, like, you know, three against three, it would be one of the good brothers getting the pin to save Kenny Omega. I don't think it should be like that because it kind of, like, you know, you're going to lose some of the magic with the good brothers. But it's the thing, but people were complaining when they were in WWE, when they were with AJ Styles, and what's changed that much? What, they're just losing on impact in Dynamite now instead of Raw and SmackDown? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, they, they said with that, that some people can't be happy. It's like, oh, no, this is better, but why is it? No, no they are doing exact, the exact same <laughs> yeah, yeah. role. You know, kind of bigging up the, the champion or, you know, bigging up the man that they're working with. And then, you know, taking the punishment, getting the L's in multi-man matches, kind of, you know, not having any direction but to serve your master. Well, I think Gallows is a bit too um, jokey as well, you know, especially for a big man. I think he could be a bit more killer. And I think you can see the dangly there as well and the stuff that he does. Uh, yeah, maybe well, not I, the best. I kind of lost all respect for them when they was in WWE, when they was like, nerds! And it's <laughs> like, come on, guys. You know, you're not fucking, you're not teenagers now. Yeah, you're not like backing yeah. nerds. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Think of the... Um, as uh, Sammy Callan gets dropped, toe hold on a chair. What do you think of the setting? I mean, there's no crowd here at the moment, but I think the way they've done it, I- I've got quite used to it now because it finds it's a bit like NXT UK-ish, if you know what I mean. It's kind of like, you know, an empty arena match, isn't it? It's like it's all set up to have fans in participation, but it's not. It's But I think the lights and the LD screens, you know what I mean, the screens and everything like that, I think they've spent money on this set. And uh, to be fair, you know, like I said, I've got used to times. Impact's been one of my favourite each week. I think because, these you know, lights and, like, you know, the kind of, like, flashing around the edges, it's kind of to take away the f- really, really fucking small in there. Yeah, to be fair, it is quite small. It'll be interesting to see. Of course, Slammiversary will be the first uh, 
impact show with a crowd. So we'll see how that differentiates. But at the moment, Callahan's taken the punishment, managed to fight back. And Sammy Cool signed a new impact uh, contract last year. But, you know, could Sammy work elsewhere or should we be asking that? We wouldn't ask it anywhere else, can we? I don't think so. I think he's in such a good position with Impact. He wouldn't want to hamper that to be, what, mid-card in NXT? Mid-card in AEW? You know, he might mid-to-high-card in New Japan Pro Wrestling because of, like, you know, his crazy side of him. But, you know, again, you don't know where else he could go, what he could do. Well, speaking of where he went and where he goes, looks like Drew McCallaghan loaded up on the trash. So I was just taking things into uh, Dreamer and Callahan's wheelhouse now. It's kind of uh, taking the Good Brothers completely out of their game, you know, in a straight-up match. I think the Good Brothers probably could have it, but introduce a few trash cans and stop signs, and, you know, you've got a completely different match on your hands. I think without a doubt, and I think maybe what the higher-ups are maybe hoping is that if these four men can kind of destroy each other, especially where they're being right now, there's no way they're going to be ready for the main event to try and get involved to help Kenny Omega out on, or help Moose out on either side, maybe. So be interesting. Like I said, to surprise the Good Brothers have accepted this, but maybe the arrogance of them thinking that they can get the job done and maybe uh, Tommy Dreamer might be a little bit past it as they delicately gets put on the guardrail. Or maybe their positioning on the card is set so so they can have a long break in between. Well, let's not forget the main event for the uh, pay-for-you will be in Daly's place. Uh, oh, yeah. Of course, Jackson's well. But we have seen before people managing to get there in a two-hour time period if that would so let it be. But let's not bury the lead on that one. Let's have a look at what's happening now because the chain around Sammy's face. There's no doubt Gallows looks great, you know, but it's just uh, he's never found that character, I don't feel. He's always kind of been that Nah, he's kind of been a Kevin Nash type acting character, you know, someone who plays up a bit, someone who's like, you know, even though he's a big man, he'll like, ooh, kind of, <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, yeah. that kind of character as he gets his legs bundled, bandaged, uh, chained up together. And trash can shot to there. And he's got a frying pan. So he's just been, had his legs chained together. He's just had a trash can to the feet and he stood straight up. Well, chains broke now as well. Very little selling this hardcore match. But I think this is a trick as well, Dan, because it's good to take you... It's not just WWE. It's other companies that do shit. You know what I mean? Like AEW Impact. And it's the UK kind of... Uh, it is, it is actually really good to see this kind of match. You don't see too much of it nowadays, do you? You don't no. see trash cans, steel chairs. Look, you've got a fucking bull rope in there. Is that a tyre? bike tyre? <laughs> and a plunger? <laughs> When's the last time you seen someone get a good old plunging, James? <laughs> I miss a good old plunging in a match. It happens best to a bald wrestler. I bet one of uh, the good brothers are going to get a plunger plunged on their head. Well, at the moment, it is all good brothers as they're taking Dreamer out. And Sammy's been subdued. But no, wait a minute, he snapped. Sammy just smashed a trash can lid over his own head and calls out a big boot from Luke Gallows, puts him down. A pull cue to the midsection of Dreamer. Now it looks like the good brothers got him in position. I respect Dreamer to the corner. Kick and a big splash from Gallows. Do you think Dreamer should be wrestling? Like, because I just don't understand. I can understand him wanting to keep wrestling. But do you think at a point, they just should just say, like, we, we shouldn't use you? Or is his name value enough to kind of get by? Um, well, you know, we kind of got to that point with Undertaker. We want to still see him wrestling. But, you know, it is good to see him wrestling. You know, it is a good nostalgia call out. Um... But, you know, with Tommy Dreamer, I, I should be kind of there as, like, you know, he should have a mentee. Like, you know, he should be a mentor to someone. 
It's just, you know, it's, like I said, it may be sad to see sometimes. But, you know, Dream is bringing it in this formula. DDT now might actually get the win. I was going to say he's not moving around that quickly, but Dreamer never did really <laughs> move around yeah. that quickly, so you kind of can't say he's lost too much pace. <laughs> oh, DDT now, but Dreamer still feeling it. He got himself up for that spine buster, and Sammy oh. pushing the referee out of the way. Different. Well, maybe Sammy thought he couldn't reach in time, so referee's definitely away there, but it's a two-on-one situation now. McCallaghan managing to take care of both the good brothers. Well, until he walks into a super <laughs> kick from Big LG. I'll tell you what, though. Gallows has kind of aligned himself with some fucking up-there people, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> He's no idiot, is he, really? You know, he? AJ Styles, CM Punk and Kenny Omega. Yeah. I mean... He right. knows a fucking good thing to ride the coattails of. That's what I'm saying. You know, he's going to get paid the most money because he's associated with him as well. But <laughs> I think this might be the end of Tommy Dreamer. He might be taking his last bump, potentially ever. He's trying to challenge Rhino to world's widest wrestler. Not got there just yet. Well, Anderson, get the tables. Oh, no, Dreamer fight back. Oh, oh. Slowly getting oh. it. Oh, no. Superplex will be devastating. Well, Machine Gun managing to fight out. Biting Dreamer's head. Oh, Dreamer's got him like, oh, Gallows. Stopping it. Uh-oh. They got an idea. Maybe magic killer time. Magic killer on the table. Oh! Tommy Dreamer's <laughs> laying in the ring convulsing. <laughs> I mean, you're saying, should he be wrestling? Should he be taking them fucking bumps anymore? <laughs> and the match still continues. Sammy Callahan coming in to break up the count. Oh, <laughs> poor old Tommy Dreamer. They did give it to him nice and gently, though, to be fair. I mean, as, as far as going through a table, they kind of just literally rolled him through it. They're like, oh, it's Tommy, though. Well, Callahan in serious trouble, sent into the chair. And she fight back. Now he's got his baseball bat. Shot did, to that, a- did Sting leave that behind when he left Impact? Well, shot to Anderson, shot to Gallows. Callahan likes using it. Shot to Anderson's face, going for the pin. One, two, three. Wow. Callahan. Baseball back to the face gets the pin. Well, this Dan, what were your thoughts on that matchup? Um, aside from taking that bump through the table, I don't think Tommy Dreamer brought too much else to this match. Um, but you know, Sammy Callahan on the winning side of things, I think it's going to keep the Good Brothers quiet for a little while. Doubt it. Well, this is interesting. But what I like, I like Sammy's character's work. But even more, I like Dreamer's look. Look at Dreamer looking at Sammy Callahan now. And he's not realising, yes, he got the victory, but what has he unleashed? With this Sammy Callahan on the loose, Impact Wrestling is not safe. He's been barred for multiple companies for a reason, and now they've unlocked this Sammy. And like you said, he is uh, looking great at this moment in time. Are the Good Brothers jobbers now? But as you just said, they might be picked up there. Dreamer did look terrible. Um, Sammy went over strong. Were you surprised about the finish? Um, you know, I'm a bit surprised by it. Yeah, I did actually honestly think it was uh, ripe and there for Tommy Dreamer to take the pinfall victory. I think, you know, it wouldn't have hampered him too much. Uh, but Sammy Callahan, you see at the end there, he kind of, uh, he's got a thumbs up, thumbs down gimmick. As he Easter, was he doing it before? Who knows? But he's kind of, uh, he gave Tommy Dreamer a thumbs up. So uh, Tommy Dreamer's good in his hands books. But you can just see how worried Dreamer is about what is unleashed. Uh, out of five, I'm going to give that three and three quarters out of five. It's a oh, strong... I've, I've just dropped... I'm, I'm going to give that three and a half out of five because Sammy Callahan 
whilst giving his final, final promo to the camera, a big lining <laughs> snot bogey came down his top lip. Uh, Poll-wise, uh, Sammy and Dreamer with 75%. We then see Josh and Delo appearing on camera, running down the matches for the rest of the show. We see an outside aerial shot was shown at Daly's place in Jacksonville. Kojima was shown warming up with Eddie Edwards backstage. And our first match is Joe Doring with Eric Young, Rhino Dina, versus Satsumi Kojima with Eddie Edwards. I say our first, but our second match, calls. we just watched the opener. Well, Doring used his size and strength to advantage it that, to advantage to down his long-time rivalry and wrestle control of the belt away early on. Kojima finally fought back, downed his opponent for the first time for two. Two. Kojima fought out of a powerbomb and landed a cutter. Doring answered with a Death Valley driver and lariat. Sit-out powerbomb followed and Doring earned the win. Well, New Japan said legend, like we say, it doesn't hurt anyone. Doring's just such a throwback. Like a 70s, 80s, he's even got that look on his face. You look at him, you just go, did you just get in a time machine against Stan Hansen? You know, and also not many people can pull off the the fuck the cunt. Do you know what I'm saying? Not many with the cowboy hat. And I'll tell you what, Doring, you know, I wouldn't argue with him, mate. I really <laughs> wouldn't. Um, this is what we thought it would be. It was strong stuff. Uh, Doring looked good. Out of five, I'm going to give this a three and a half out of five, Dan. Uh, yeah, I'll go. Uh, Prediction-wise, I went Doring, so two for two at the moment. Poll-wise, with 50-50, believe Can it or I not. Can I just say, has Ryan... He has got wider. He is the world's widest wrestler. We should say, thank you for being sure. I would have done at some point, hopefully. But yes, the widest, the world's widest man. We get Decay promo. Rosemary said tonight all the titles would be going to Decay. Ace Austin uh, versus Chris Bay versus Rohit Raju versus Pete Williams versus Trey Miguel. No one contendership match for the X Division Championship was next. Lightning quick action with some picture-perfect aerial assault dominated the early moments of in a creative spot. Miguel and Williams trapped all while... Fe- well, each competitor took turns highlighting his offence, including a super Canadian destroyer by Williams to Austin. That was awesome. Late, Miguel scaled the ropes looking for the win when Madman Fulton popped up on the apron and sent him crashing to the floor. The big man obliterated the competition and left Austin draped across the ropes... But the referee called for the bell and dubbed it us. Yeah, all great talent. I mean, great, great talent. Rohit is a brilliant hill. Uh, Pete, of course, is an innovator. The other three are future world champions. This is a great exchange. But a naff finish. But I've never seen one man take out four in one move. That was payback for Impact and a Destroyer just gone by. Uh, out of another three and a half for me. Dan, what are you going to say? Yeah, I'll have to agree with your friend. Uh, predictions, I went Petey, but who the fuck called a no contest? Anybody did, let me know out there. Uh, poll-wise, P- uh, Bay got 38% of the vote. Ace was 31%. Trey, 23 And Petey, 8%. We then get a Slammiversary commercial, followed by another aerial view of Daly's Place, and leading to Rich Swan versus W. Morrissey. Swan attempted a springboard drop kick, but Morrissey caught him with a big boot and proceeded his decorated opponent. Swan used his educated feet to fight back. Match Lang back in the ring. Morrissey stood up and caught Swan mid-flight. Stood up and delivered an F5. Morrissey booted him down and delivered over a. Yeah, I mean Swan is tremendous as a face fight from underneath. We talked about it. Uh, you know what a baby face needs, and the finger was a great act of defiance as well. Swan not giving a fuck. Uh, all Cass needs to do is not botch and look mean, and his opponents will do most of the work for him. All right, it is written there, uh, as you can see. What did you think of um, Big Cass's look down? Look, you can see W Morrissey. I mean, he's got the jeans. Unfortunately, looked like he wet himself a little bit, but still, like, and the acne is causing a little bit of trouble as well. I would say that is, yeah, it's um. 
it's kind of not something you want to see. <laughs> but, you, you know, you uh, he is kind of a wrestling mould. Well built. Um, not sure on the jeans, the quite tight looking like Timbies. Well, but again, in better shape. But I hope, you know, there's not drug testing coming along. But give me Doving versus Cass. I remember those two big men uh, going out. Morrissey beat Swan is a big deal. He's going to be the challenger for the world title by the end of the year. Out of five, a three or three quarters out of five for me. Um, yeah, I'll have to go three and three quarters. Uh, predictions went Morrissey. Of course, Morrissey three, one. Poll-wise, Morrissey got 58%. Of the vote and G Miller interviewed Deanna Pratt with Kimberly and Susan backstage who predicted they were taking all the belts home tonight, leading to Snil Dashwood versus Jordan Grace. Well, thick mama pump dominated the Aussies early, but the heels worked together to pull Grace off the apron and to the floor to rest Grace <laughs> abs- <coughs> wrestle control of the match away. Grace absorbed everything thrown at her, caught Daniel and delivered a fall away slap. She had a Vader bomb for a close two count. Two. Late in the match, Grace trapped Ashwood in a sleeper, but Caleb hopped on the apron for the distraction. Ring pulled him off, drawing the ire of her tag team partner. Had caught Grace with a small package seconds later. In. Well, pulling him off and a small package. Unbelievable. Well, after the match, Grace yelled at Rachel as they walked up the ramp. Rachel defended herself. Caleb took pictures of Daniel in the ring. Rachel told Grace they're trying to get in her head. Grace ran in the ring, attacked Tennille and Caleb. Grace was very upset in the ring. She walked up the ramp by herself. So Grace on the losing streak, much like Nevaeh before her, is feeling the odd one out. Uh, Deanna, uh, Dashford has been featured heavily, now picking up wins. Are we going to see a rematch with uh, Prozzo Dallal? This was a great match and a smart finish as well. Competition is working well. I gave this a four and a quarter out of five. Dan? Uh, yeah, I gave it a four out of five. I think it was quite a good entertaining match. Yeah, prediction. Opposite of whatever Myers told him. Myers asked if Bill would take the advice of a guy who wasn't even booked on. Jake challenged Myers, and Myers said the lesson was don't take the. Myers and. Well, up next, Fire and Flavor, Kira Hogan, Tasha Steels, the champions versus Kimberly and Susan for the Knockouts tag team titles. Lee feigned an injury early, allowing her partner to rake the eyes of Steels. Lee and Susan took over from her corner. A hot tag finally sparked a comeback for of Hogan's. The action broke down and the challengers experienced one last burst culminating in a swanton bomb from Lee that still only put Hogan down for two. Two. Fire and flavour fought back and still delivered the frog splash to Susan for the win. Well, we are getting hills v hills and you don't like that, Dan, do you? No, you've got to have a kind of someone to chill for, uh, cheer for in a match. I doubt. Well, the result was a bit of a foregone conclusion. We need our teams. Hogan could be a big single star. Stills is kind of the workhorse. It's a bit messy, but planning fa- uh, fun in places. That's kind of uh, <laughs> the best thing you can say. I'm going to give it about three and a half out of five. Uh, I'm going to go for. Uh, prediction wise, Hogan Stills went again, so five one overall. Polwise Fire and Flavor was eighty six percent. We get another aerial shot of Daly's place, and we get Dina and Rhino versus Decay for the Impact World Tag Team title. Decay's Crazy Steve and Black Taurus frustrated Rhino and Dina early in their match, but the Hills settled down and isolated Taurus, cutting him. The masked man eventually Steve, who exploded into the The babyfaces worked together to keep the champions, only for Taurus to tweak his knee and be taken. Steve allowed himself to become distracted by Eric Young at ringside and retention. Yeah, Decay's one of my favourite entrances, but not without Rosemary, because it's just two dudes walk to the ring. Uh, Rhino is the widest man. I don't mind Taurus. I mean, not many wrestlers can look like that 
or, or look like he does and kind of get away with it. Not many people can have a buffalo head, you know what I mean? Like, how many, or Taurus as it was, and kind of look imposing. Uh, Dina's had some tough times in Violent by Design, but maybe he's pulling through now as well. Out of five, and uh, quarter, I'm going to give that. Uh, I'm going to go for a flat three there. I think Rhino's wideness. <laughs> predictions, um, Violent by Design, so 6-1. At the moment, up on my predictions there. Poll wise, Violet by Design, 57% of the vote. We get of um, Steve Macklin vignette. He took a drink and talked about torture and having a lot of time. He said he's had to bury who he is, but it's time for people to meet Mr. Mayhem. Uh, we get a video of a package recapping a few between Rosemary leading to the Impact Wrestling Knockouts Championship match. Diana Peruzzo started her title defence against Rosemary by throwing something the challenger responded to with an upside down and an exploder suplex. The Virtuosa answered the early onslaught by trapping Rosemary ring post and delivering boot. Perazzo worked the arm which prevented as above, so below finisher. The demon assassin fought through delivered another exploder only to try for a submission that she could not fully exit her arm. Perazzo applied the Venus de Milo but Rosemary fought to the rope, stick removed Rosemary and then blasted her with a pump kick. The challenger responded with Peruzzo delivered another pump kick. This time, follow immediately with a pile. Yeah, I mean, uh, Diana could go anywhere. You know, you look at the performance and what she can do in the ring. That confidence. You know, there's an air of about champion, Dan, isn't there? It's got that confidence, the way they carry themselves. And perhaps it's got that. I'm not saying she needs to leave Impact. But when if she does, she could literally go uh, in any division. It's all about working the body parts. I'm a fan of Rosemary, who's 100% in character at all times as well. But who can step up now to Perazzo? Um, you know, this. what do you think of Diana Perazzo? I mean, she's just a fantastic woman. I think she's well. great, yeah. She's a brilliant worker. She is kind of, you know, she's someone that you haven't really seen as much of before in wrestling. She is, she's like a female Randy Orton, like the kind of six sadistic <laughs> bitch she can that, be. Yeah. Well, like said, and it's the work of the body part. Nothing fancy, but it just makes sense, you know, comes into it, taking advantage. Uh, I'm going to give this a four out of five for the match. Uh, I'm going to go to four and a quarter for this. Uh, Prediction-wise, Perazzo, so 7-1 overall. Poll-wise, Perazzo got 57% of the uh, vote. And then we see Dino and Josh appearing on camera discuss the results of the matches tonight. And then we get a video package on our main event, Moose and Kenny Omega. Well, Tony Schiavone and Scott DeMore welcome us to Daly's Place. And it is Kenny Omega with Don Callis versus Moose for the Impact World Wrestling Championship. Yeah, and the promo is really good as well. It gets me behind Moose. And we get thoughts on setting everything like that as we just settle down now to the main. So here comes Moose then, the uh, challenger for the Impact World Headweight Championship. I love his entrance and here in Daly's Place. And it's great to see the Impact logo as well. I guess it's uh, the Impact's executive's wet dream to be here at this moment in time. It's good to see a crowd around at ringside as well. This is kind of a home game for uh, Omega Dan. What are your setting, the moment, the match, uh, and everything in between? I think it's good. Um, you know, I think the setting's good. It's a kind of differentiation place. It's... Oh, I don't, again, I don't know if it's kind of uh, to AEW again. AEW have kind of made it all about themselves for this match. You know, it's kind of like in our home ground. I'm surprised they haven't used Aubrey Edwards or something. Well, when the impact title was on the line before, we had two referees, so we wouldn't have any shenanigans. But, of course, this is a home game uh, for Kenny Omega, as we say, so he should have all the benefits as that. I suppose it makes sense. 
But in actual fact, we've got Brian Hebner as the referee impact official. So I guess they're trying to play it as straight as possible. We know the good brothers might not get involved as well. But with Kenny Omega, there's been a lot of rumours about Kenny Omega recently, Dan, haven't there? There have been. Some say that he's uh, kind of too injured to wrestle for too much longer, so he might be forced into retirement quite soon. I just think, you know, when the man's got four, well, you know, well titles with him, then the schedule is kind of his, his own making. So it'd be interesting if he maybe takes a break uh, after. I mean, you know, we talk about him belt collecting and all this kind of stuff, but will it affect him when he loses it all? Because eventually he can't hold on to all the titles at all time. We talk about the AAA title that Don Callis got in his hand. He's going to be defending that against Andrade. You know, the AEW World Championship is always going to be defended at a pay-per-view soon enough. And then you've got Moose. If you get through Moose, live for Sammy Callahan. You know, like with Kenny, it's not looking that great at the moment. Indeed, yes. And for someone who's kind of claiming that he's uh, he's not in the best shape, you know, he's not in the best condition, and he's always in pain, he's kind of written it for himself, really, isn't it? Because the man, Kenny Omega, he loves to be centre stage. He loves to have the spotlight on him. Well, without a doubt, you know, and if you look at the last few impacts... Uh, pay-per-views and specials, you look at the last AEW ones as well, Omega has been one of the top names on the card, it's quite weird actually that the last AEW pay-per-view didn't actually headline with Kenny Omega, but this one is, but there is a big fight feel isn't there in the air, you can definitely uh, feel it here. Yeah, you know it's the main event, you know it's uh, it's something huge, it's probably Moose's match of his career. Without a doubt, without a doubt, this is a chance to put him, even in a shop window, because there's been rumours with Moose as well with his contract, and if you can get a move up, there's no doubt, you know, you talk about the look of a wrestler, you know, you want to build a prototype wrestler, Moose has definitely got that. I had to kind of get over the fact, you know, I'm like with former football players, so, but I've been impressed with Moose, I think he carries himself like a champion, and you know, when you look at the past year, they brought EC3 back to lose to Moose, so I think that's, that's where they feel... I certainly believe him. I don't think he'd be put in this uh, situation if they didn't. (coughs) So it'd be interesting to see what both men do. So, you know, the thing is with Kenny Omega, it's very simple. He said it to Rich Swann in the build-up and he said it to Moose as well. If he hits that one-winged angel, no one is getting out of it. But the question is, can he get Moose up to actually deliver that move? What does does Kenny Omega need to do if he kind of wants to... um, hit that move and defend his championship here tonight. And, of course, we'll do Moose in a minute. Well, I think Kenny Omega needs to not worry so much about showboating. I don't think he's going to have time against Moose. Moose is a completely... Uh, a lot of wrestlers he faced in the past. You know, Moose is really hungry. He loves that Impact title. He wants it back home. He wants to represent it back where it belongs. Um, but with Kenny Omega, he needs to kind of capitalise on his chances... Don't take Moose lightly, you know, kind of don't think, oh, yeah, because I'm in my home ground, it's going to be a guaranteed win. You know, don't think that because the good brothers are out of the picture, it doesn't mean that the young bucks aren't hanging around backstage as well. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens in this one. I think with Moose, you know, there's no doubt he's got the power advantage. Look how he's kind of taken base in the ring already. But I think that the question is, you can see the strap in and the tape on the right shoulder of Moose, is that the worst mistake he could make as a well, target? Well, you can see the suction cup marks on the back of Kenny Omega, so like that's kind of like a, a bullseye there that he's got an injury that he's carrying as well. So, you know, whether it's taped up or cup marked up, you know, it's it's going to be highlighted in one way or another. And I think we'll say that definitely will help Moose out, is his mentality. In his head, he <laughs> can beat 
Kenny Omega. In his head, the Impact World title was there for him to take. And I feel when you go into a match that confident, it's like an unbeaten fighter, isn't it? You know, you feel you can't lose. With momentum like that, Kenny Omega's going to find himself in really big trouble in this matchup. Absolutely, Aaron. He's, uh, you know, he's already kind of using his heel tactics, escaping the ring, trying to avoid locking up with Moose. Well, you know, straight up power between the two is going to be Moose's forte. You can just see how easy he picks uh, Omega up in that side headlock. And I think trying to shoulder block as well is not going to be the best idea. You know, when some wrestlers, like, they kind of, they overemphasize too much. What I think that's what Kenny Omega's kind of biggest downfall is. I think with Kenny Omega, I saw it in the, or we saw it in the AEW pay-per-view in that match, that opening bit. That was the first time I'd seen the man who was the elite performer, so to speak, that everybody else had said. And I think since then, it's, with Kenny Omega, we've not seen... The Omega that was there in Japan. The cleaner that everybody's talked about. And I don't think this Kenny Omega is. But like you say, Dan, maybe he can't get up to that elite level anymore. Maybe just because of the injuries or just through time, he just can't reach it. And then he has to go to shortcuts. Because at the, there's not that much difference between, you know, the kind of hill taxes he's using and someone like Hulk Hogan would use back in the day, you know? Absolutely, yeah. Um and Hogan was always one of those dudes who kind of overemphasized everything and did the little this in the ring. Absolutely. Well, you know, he may be kind of trying to take that route. You know, he sees he's just been thrown from one end of the ring to the other. And, you know, he's buckled up, doubled over in pain. Yeah, he might have been playing a bit of possum there. Hey, possums! But you can see the speed of March Omega and he's going for the uh, one-winged angel and he just can't get Moose up. So now he's going to try and rearrange his strategy and use the... Um, Votes to help. <laughs> but Moose being dead weight is not going to help Omega. But that's what I don't get. It's like kind of Moose has been, on, been shaking off Kenny Omega trying to lift him up, but yet Kenny Omega still has the advantage. Well, Omega's try or trying to hit a move at least. And I think one of these things that's going to be a little bit of a game changer is how big Moose actually is. And you look at the AEW roster, you look at the Impact roster, you know, these guys aren't as big as maybe, you know, they were 20 years ago. Well, you look at the... Um... The guys that Kenny Omega's been going up against, you know, Pac, Jungle Boy, um, John Moxley. Uh, well, you know, Rich Swan, we've we've seen here Rich as Swan, well. Yeah. You know, smaller guys who he'd be able to get up without that much trouble. And Moose to the outside of Omega now, going to try to take flight. Moose just <laughs> gets right back up on that apron. Showing the power, but Omega with the boot. He's going to go flying again. Attempt number two, over the top and... Moose done really well to catch Omega and kind of prevent kind of most of that impact. Well, that's what they're there for, to catch them when they fall to the outside of Omega, like you said. Showing off a little bit of skin. He'll start on OnlyFans, is he, with that as Omega now. Seems to take control of Moose. But with Moose, like to talk about the mental thing, but physically, he might not be 100% leading into this matchup. Well, now you can kind of see that it's... Uh... As this match goes on, Moose is looking kind of drained, fatigued. Well, do you think that is Scott Demore's fault? I mean, he put Callahan and Moose together in the main event of Impact two nights or three nights, or two nights even, sorry, before this match. Yeah. If he wants the best for his company, then you've got to give him a clear run, surely. Don't call me Shirley, but absolutely, that's the kind of uh, what you want to do. So it's, it might be down to Scott Demore if uh, Moose doesn't 
managed to no, this is the thing but Moose just caught Omega in midair powers him up to his shoulder looking to roll the dice no Omega with a backslide a chop across the chest to no effect <laughs> but is it me or does Moose kind of choose when he, deci- when he decides to no sell moves yeah I think this is the thing I think Moose but this is the thing as well but again and you're going to hate saying this but Moose is taking a step up here with someone like Kenny Omega so yeah I would you know I'd agree with that he's uh you know, I don't want to take anything away from Kenny Omega. Kenny, I've seen him in some amazing matches and he is a great performer. But my point with this at the moment is that it seems to me like at times he's kind of phoning it in and he's being too over-animated. Well, this is the thing, but it's the clash of styles as well. These two men probably never face each other. And that was great there by Moose and voiding the moonsault. Standing moonsault of his own. <laughs> There's a brilliant exchange, but again, you know, these kind of exchanges, it seems like there's a good exchange and then it, halters out to a, a bit of a scrappy wrestling match and then you get another good little exchange a little while after well it seems Moose has got a little bit of momentum now uh, I think the thing is, is that he doesn't want you know if Mega takes charge of this matchup that might be the downfall because I think the longer it goes the more it's going to favour Omega as well I think definitely additions we talk about you know with AEW wrestlers find the conditions quite hot someone like uh, Moose probably in a you know air conned arena doing the impact stuff and then coming here it's going to be different as well. But again, like I said, it's probably um, home field advantage. But then it's home brand advantage for Moose. Well, this is the thing. This is a difficult... If, and to talk about the confidence level of Moose. There's no way in this matchup he's walking out at, you know, as not the Impact World Champion. I think Kenny Omega's finding it out himself now. And, if, and this is a story of both men's toughness. I think the, at the moment they're relying on uh, Moose's power to kind of get him through. And so, would these be Impact fans or AEW fans? It's AEW fans being told to chant for Moose. Uh, I, I think would <laughs> it's fair to say. <coughs> I think they're all contracted, like, either wrestlers or something like that, like they did. But it, the thing I don't like is the just the black setting behind them. I think they could have done like, even like it's a poster with the logo yeah. or something like that, like or like a picture of I made the other. Yeah, or, or something like that, just a little bit different, yeah. but. And Moose is definitely sucking in air. You can see it there. Mouth wide open. Dripping with sweat. He's asking the fans to uh, move to one side slightly. What's Moose planning here? They're going to Irish whip Kenny Omega right into the still barricade. He goes back first as Moose in complete control of this main event match so far. Kenny in all sorts of trouble. Like I said, maybe the overconfidence of Kenny taking it lightly. And Moose now thinks got a target. Mocking Omega. Come running. Oh, <laughs> fucking hell. Well, he comes charging towards Omega. Omega ducks. He clears the first row of chairs and just completely obliterates a line of chairs. Well, Omega might have control now. Moose is taking himself out. God. And them chairs just fell like dominoes. <laughs> so who did this favour on the outside? I know Moose is down at the moment, but on the outside, who would you say this favours at this moment? Um... Well, currently, you know, Kenny Omega's standing tall, but I still think Moose has kind of got the strength to withstand more punishment. Well, Kenny looks in serious trouble at this moment in time, but like I said, catching your breath back on the outside. Omega's using everything to his uh, to his advantage, as he's got Moose's right arm tied up in a, a steel barricade. And let's not forget that the strapping on as well, so Omega definitely is playing, coming to fruition now. And all this thing about talking about Moose, I mean... Kenny Omega must think, especially with Don Callis blowing smoke up his ass every week, that he is the untouchable. He is a wrestling god at this moment in time. 
Well, absolutely, and you know the the four titles he's got around his waist and upon his shoulders certainly pointing in that direction that he is, uh, you know, regarded in quite high stead. Not bad to like talk about. He is one of the world's best, and at the moment, just crushing that shoulder and the arm. For forgot he had the rubbish changed his uh, tactic blasting and even with the eye rake as well because it's it's just annoying offense from kenny omega well it might not be fancy it might not be liked by a lot of people but you can't you know talk about a normal story in a wrestling match this makes sense the guy's coming with an injured shoulder and omega is targeting it why wouldn't he you know we would be pissing and moaning if he wasn't and now he's taken all the energy from moose and just slowly dissecting him I know you can't kind of uh, you can't discredit Kenny. You know he is doing what he's set out to do. You know methodically beat someone down, targeting the bullseye, going straight. You know man's got a fucking injured arm. You're gonna go for it, isn't you? and he's done it all himself. And all this stuff about the elite coming out, the Good Brothers, or you know the Bucks, or anything like that. At this moment in time, it's the, you know arguably the two best in either company going one on one now with no kind of shenanigans or unhanded tactics. Is the question is now, can Moose come back? And there's a lovely pump kick to Omega. But as soon as he goes for the clothesline, Omega turns it into submission. Looking for the cross-arm breaker. And I think that's what makes Kenny Omega one of the best in the world as well. The fact that he can change his style. It's not always the same thing with him, depending on the rest of his face. And I think we're seeing it, like we said, more here tonight, just because of the size of Moose. But it's really good stuff from Omega. He's making sure his shoulders aren't on the floor either, but Moose now trying to power up. Moose managing to make his way to a vertical base, powers Omega up, slams him down. Well, what do you think that took out of Moose, though? You know, the power there. Well, what is often the game with uh, bigger guys is one big move for five or four moves. I think that's what we're seeing in this matchup with Moose. It's not a lot of offence, but Omega just not letting him, like you said, get momentum to manage to put him away. You know, one-armed or not, Moose is still a hell of a threat. He can just use the other arm or use the injured one. He doesn't care. Well, you know, he's probably getting some numbness in that injured arm. The amount Kenny Omega's been working on it. Comes running in with a drop kick straight to the face of Omega. He's got the champ, 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 champ down. Oh, running in with a huge drop kick. And all that weight behind them feet. Let's hope Moose don't waste this momentum, though. Comes charging into Kenny's feet. But just grabs Kenny off the top <laughs> rope and sit out, power bombs him. Only a two count. Two. And both men getting to their feet. Moose comes running in, straight into a knee. That kind of powers him up a little bit. Gets him with a kick. And then that snapdragon suplex. Follows it up with a knee. Moose is rocked in the corner. The second knee. And Moose is down, but he doesn't seem quite out yet. Kenny goes for cover. Two. No. Well, Omega can't believe that Moose managing to kick out. Uh. And Kenny getting upset. Not many people can withstand that snapdragon suplex and the V-triggers. But is Omega calling for it now? Well, as he said, if he hits it. But he's struggling with Moose at this moment in time. Well, Moose is a big lump to get up. And if he don't want to go up, he's not going to go up easily. He's forearm, though. And Omega with just three sharp elbows. But like you said, Dan, that's like three shots. That didn't take Moose down. And now Moose <laughs> with the one shot. Says Omega across the ring. Well, he rocked Ken harder than Ken rocked him with the three. And both men, this is incredible, both men just stand in the middle of the ring, just taking the other one's best shot. I can't believe Omega is actually playing this game. Well, he doesn't seem like he's on the winning end. He looks a bit punch drunk now, but he was just playing possum as he 
kicks Moose's arm, but Moose responds with a headbutt to the chest. Charges off the ropes, but gets turned inside out with a clothesline. I don't think he got all of that as he slams him down as well. Moose did manage to get the shoulder up. Again, a positioning problem, but when you're dealing with a man that big... I think you just kind of go with what you can get. You can see the cogs whirling in Omega's mind. Can he do this? Is he? Has he been relying on uh, everyone else too much to be able to go out there and do it on his own? Well, at the moment, I've been impressed with him. Like I said, taking Moose down. It may be a V-trigger now to end Moose for good. Well, Moose is being held up by the ropes. And then just completely V-trigger to the shoulder, targeting that. And up to the side of the head. I'm going to try and do now. Omega might look to finish things if he can get Moose up. One-winged angel. No one has ever got out of this move. Omega's <laughs> cycling himself up to try and tick, pick Moose up. And he's well, got him. Got him on his shoulder. No, Moose will die, though. Oh! oh! Turns him inside out with that lariat. Omega, talk about a 360 spin, but now has Moose got momentum, but it looks like Kenny is slightly up. He's talking about the arm. Will the referee stop this? Yeah, so we're going to get docked here as well. Don't say you're going to get a stoppage. Or Moose saying, don't stop this, but this is giving Omega time. He's waiting. You can see him waiting. For Moose to get up, Moose says to the referee, don't you dare finish this. Dang, another knee to the jaw. And I don't think he's worried about the referee finishing it, because I think Kenny is one big move away. He goes to the top, and even though he flies, you don't see him go to the top that often. Moose managed to dive to the top. Wow, Spanish fly <laughs> off the top rope. Well, talk about an act of desperation. Can't get into the cover straight away. Oh. No, I may kick out. Oh. Uh-huh. Well, Moose can't believe it. You've got to think all the energy in his body. That one last move. Springing to the top a la Kurt Angle. A la Kurt Angle. And then the Spanish fly. And Moose made sure he landed on Omega as well. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Oh, Moose. All he needs to do, one spear, Dan. One spear. And the Impact World Heavyweight Championship comes back home. Moose goes to enemy territory and beats the uh, belt collector in Kenny Omega. I think Kenny realising now... Moose gets to his feet, calling his shot. Here he comes. Oh. Hits the referee instead. Well, I don't think he meant to. I think Kenny <laughs> pulled the referee. We'll have to see a replay, but Moose can't believe it. Oh, Omega trying to save himself and sacrifice the poor referee. Well, Hebner is out. I mean, you talk about beating a wrestler with that move. The referee won't get up for like four days now. And what can Moose do? Oh, oh for fuck's sake. Dan! It's Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, the Superkick Party. Oh, again. It's shenanigans here at Impact. Well, we knew the Good Brothers couldn't travel there in time. But no one said anything about the Young Bucks not being able. BTE trigger. That's what took Moxley out. And the Bucks helping Omega up. Omega had this loss. If he hadn't chucked that referee... In the way there. And now we're seeing this again. Shenanigans. Cahoots between the Young Bucks and Omega. Dan cannot believe it. They're helping Moose up for the one-winged angel. Omega hits it. And the Bucks just picking up the three. <laughs> Into the count. One, two, three. Kenny Omega is still in fact world champion. But oh, Dan, my days. what are your thoughts on the match and then the ending? Well, the match, I was I was slightly disappointed. The slow speed of the entire match, it didn't kind of pick up halfway through. It wasn't like a slow burner. That disappointed me quite a bit. <clears throat> um, 
I don't know. Moose didn't quite seem himself. He didn't seem like on uh, on top par. I don't know if it was down to nerves. Um, but you know, he can kind of the, the, these two guys. They didn't really seem to kind of click in the ring. You know, they had a couple of moments of good magic, but a lot of it was just filler and fluff pieces in between. But you know, a couple of good move sets, and the ending it was kind of predictable. Oh yeah, the good brothers can't get here, but. These two fucking morons could. <laughs> well, looks like this is an. Ex- I can't believe this is an acceptable finish in twenty twenty one. Wait a minute, I see you. That means one thing. Sammy Callahan is here. Sammy has travelled from the impact zone, and he's got that baseball bat. He's taken out the bucks and the champ. And Kenny Omega is in trouble. Callahan said he will smash Omega's head in and take back that Impact World Champion. And Don Callis coming out here now. Well, Callahan now saying, oh, I'm not going to touch him. Oh, wait a minute. No, he's going to get a chair. And Don Callis is losing his mind. His favourite Kenny Omega just about to get his head smashed in. Oh, no. What? Just fired Sammy Callahan. Well, if he's uh, sacked, there's no repercussions for what happens. Well, no, Omega getting out of toll, that causes destruction. Scott Demore coming out here now. Well, we talked about he was an EVP. Of course, he's got the power to make matches, but has he got the power to fire someone? And what a shocking way to end there, Sammy Callahan. And um, Impact have shown down on previous episodes that you can get to AEW from Impact in two hours. So that can work out. We've seen Omega get into Impact before. There you go. So even though Moose looked bad, Callahan is now the threat for the Impact World title. What are your thoughts on that, Dan? Um, well, I would honestly like to see the Impact World Championship actually go back to Impact and Kenny kind of not having to have his face everywhere. Um, you know, because Impact, they've got a few good angles they can do with the title. Obviously, Moose is going to want a bit of redemption after the Young Bucks interfered in their match. So, you know, what's going to happen with that? Not about a doubt. Well, out of five for the match. You didn't like the match so much, but you're going to score it out of five. Um, I'm going to give it three and... I quite enjoyed it. I thought both big, uh, both men kind of went to their place. So I'm going to give that four and a quarter. Uh, predictions went to Omega, so it's 8-1 overall. So final scores for that, eight out of nine with prediction. Pole-wise, Omega, 79%. Uh, we move on to rating now. Uh, we've got three w- women's matches. It's great, and there's no kind of big deal made. Uh, MVP for me was Jordan Grace, because I thought she really impressed, especially the hill work coming up. Dan, who would you say is your MVP of the night? Um, I'd have to go with Sammy Callahan for his time travelling shenanigans. Yeah, I think without a doubt, uh, I'm going to give that overall rating of eight and a half. Nothing major happened, but an impact will be interesting with Sammy's story. And now we're on to a bit of news and following recent reports that Moose has re-signed with Impact. Further Bob Dykes has emerged and relating to the former TNA champions. Recently reported that Moose had an impact and come to terms with a new contract. It's been since noted that Moose will be staying in Impact for at least two years. Well, Fightful Select confirmed the earlier reports noting that... O- that other companies have shown interest in signing. It was stated that his new deal is a significant improvement. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Moose. So we move on to our next episode, June 17th. The BTI pre-show match is Devai versus Jake Something. A recap of the Kenny Omega, Don Callisar aired to the recap showed moments between Kenny and Moose. Yeah, Moose was shown backstage banging Scott DeMore's door down. Moose demanded a rematch against Omega after Young Bucks interfered in, of course, the main event of the show. And TJP versus Black. Yeah, that's our first match of the evening. TJP was his usual self in this match, keeping a fast and exciting pace with Taurus, who was able to keep up most of the way for the first portion of the match before we began to work on the back of TJP. 
Well, he did have some more offence before TJP turned the momentum back up and nailed his opponent with a Tornado DDT. He then wasted no time afterwards hitting his signature frog spray. Yeah, this is a good match. TJP is really smooth. And up next, Moose hijacks Impact. Moose came out and attacked TJP after the bell. Moose then said he was hijacking. Well, Chris Saban made his return after Moose's attack from a few weeks ago. Saban sent Moose free into the back with a top rope drop kick. He also offered to have a match with Moose, but he seemingly refused. After a commercial break, Sabin challenged... Yeah, I mean, this all made sense. I mean, Moose was pissed. I just wish his slightly bigger name challenged Moose. I know he did take out Sabin at Under Siege, which kind of makes sense for the storyline. But it's just a shame that Moose has now gone from a, you know, a main event against all odds to a Chris Sabin at Slammiversary. Well, I was just kind of like, you know, he wanted a, a rematch because, you know, rightfully so, because he was screwed out of it by the Young Bucks. And then to settle for... Well, not to settle, but sort of settle for a match or how it seems it's going to be makes logical sense no but well we get Josh Alexander versus Madman Fulton next Fulton manhandled Alexander early on tossing him around like it was no feat Alexander would try to dodge and pick his spots but didn't have any Fulton would great well the broadcast returned to show Fulton hammering the X-Vision champion with hammer fist continues dominance Austin got involved a few times when the referee's back was turned Alexander finally got some momentum on his side when he dropped Fulton Alexander ended up planting. Yeah, well, apart from Kushida, this year Alexander has been uh, outstanding. It's kind of mesh between like an angle and Benoit. Just nothing flashy and just spot on. Can wrestle any size. And Fulton's a monster. Did he really need to lose? I mean, I'm moaning about a clean finish, but it was an enjoyable match. Yes, and after the match, Austin jumped Alexander. Peter Williams, you came out. Yeah, Shira made his return and cleared the ring of everyone but Raju and Austin. Shira tilted so tall with Raju, Austin and Fulton. So the evil alliance there. But what a match that will be with all these men involved. Absolutely. And Diana Perizzo chewed out Susan and Kimberly. But Susan yelled at Perizzo and claimed she wouldn't be knockouts champ. Diana walked off, signaling a breakup between the three. Well, we see W. Morrissey was interviewed backstage. Morrissey cut promo, basically saying he doesn't need friends. Now everyone impacted under a spell. A spell that tricks him into thinking friends can get them to the top of the card. And Steve Macklin versus Jason Page is his call. He came to the ring wearing a trench coat with a... And this is you. Yeah, of course, like I said, he's a former Steve Cutler from Forgotten Sons. This match was exactly what you expected it to be. Macklin mowed over Page with a vicious shotgun elbow within the first few seconds. Yeah, Page got a very small amount of... He never really had a chuckling, had some moments... And eventually won with a falcon arrow. Well, this was a squash. I don't really know why they signed him, but, you know, prove me wrong. And then Jordan Grace, Retro Living, continued backstage and then tried to make amends with Grace, but she wasn't having any of it. Don Callis was interviewed backstage and he compared his relationship with Demore to siblings and siblings fight sometimes. Callis claimed Demore is too nice and said he caters too much to the talent. He also claimed that he wasn't afraid of the anthem rep coming. Yeah, well, up next is Tennille Dashwood versus Rachel Ellering, and Grace was not at ringside for Ellering's match. It was a very standard match. Ellering worked on Dashwood's arm for the first half. Coventry wasn't even interested. They were talking about Sammy Callahan instead. Anytime Dashwood tried to get back in the match, Ellering would find a way to halt her momentum. The contest swung in favour of both women spent some time out of the ring, which resulted Ellering after both competitors found their way back in. Dashwood slapped Ellering and caused a good roll-up pin. Well, Dashwood with another win, a really good match. Two of the best, who I don't think get the credit, and this kind of told a bigger story. TJP and Fowler Barr were seen knocking on Scott Demore's doorbacks. Decay approached them and Barr challenged them to a tag team accepted. Well, Fire and Flavor are shown backstage. They arrest a few janitors, asked them who the best impact knockouts tag team in history is before Rosemary and Jessica Havoc attacked them and threw them in a dumpster. Sasha Stills pulled a trash bag out of the dumpster with the name Mickey 
taped on the side. Oh, my God, James could return. Cool, Stan, you know the story about Mickey James getting the uh, trash, bang, trash bag full of her belongings from WWE. Indeed, yes. Well, could this be a sign of things to come? Are they teasing something? Well, I hope so. You know, and like I said... What, who knows what could happen at Slammiversary with the releases as well. Uh, up next, Kojima with Eddie Edwards versus Rhino. If Kojima wins, he will earn himself and Eddie Edwards an Impact Tag Team Championship match. Oh, Kojima and Rhino mesh together well early on, trading forearms and Irish whips. Kojima always lays his stuff in and the match had a slow, manipulative pace. Rhino kept Kojima out of everything. Kojima hit a lariat followed by a cutter. Edwards railed Kojima ringside, which gave him the momentum to hit Rhino with the cosy lariat for the free. Yeah, I would not want to get in the middle of these two. Fuck that. You couldn't pay me enough. Uh, how they both can still beat the crap out of each other with both having 20 years on the clock is just incredible. It was a fun match. And up next, Sammy Callahan speaks. Callahan was surrounded by five security guards when Demore came to the ring. And he told Callahan to calm down and that he would resolve the present. The arena went dark and Callahan disappeared. Don Callis came out and ran down Callahan, told Demore to man up and accused uh, Amore accused Callis of firing Callahan for Kenny Omega. Well, Tommy to the ring, uh, and it's at this point they're going, "What are you doing out here, Tommy? There's no point." And he was actually the representative from Anthem Sport that they sent. He reinstated Sammy Callahan first off, and then fired Don Callis from his VP role. Callis was enraged and called Dreamer Bruce Pritchard Stooge for walking off the set to end the show. Sammy grabbed Don and said he will make him watch as he bashes Kenny's head. In. This was a very WWE way of ending things. They teamed, like I said, they teamed out some representative, which was just Tommy Dreamer. But like Sammy said, he can get the job done. If he can't, who? Dan, what do you think of that then? So we saw Sammy Callahan's firing. In actual fact, and now it looks like Don Callis has been fired. Sammy Callahan's reinstated. Can he get the job done at some anniversary? I feel for Moose, man. <laughs> I mean, he gets screwed out of his championship match, wants a match with, Cal- uh, wants a match with Omega, and just gets fobbed off. Well, we'll move on. June 19th, Impact was 19 years old. Yes, the Flying Elvises may have been in the first main event for uh, TNA, but what a history it's been. Can you believe TNA, you know, obviously different iterations, Dan, has been around for that amount of time? Uh, I, I think it's it's actually been like a good show. It's got, it's, it's got a very strong fan base who are kind of just I- Impact nuts. You know, they are, they are fans that just, Follow Impact, you know, they won't won't even entertain the idea of anything else. No. Well, we always entertain everything here on the WNR Podcast. We've got one last Impact June 24 BC highlights from last week's, of course, with Don Callis being fired uh, as Vice President of Impact Wrestling. Well, Don Callis and Omega entered Skyway Studios. Callis told Kenny that they shouldn't have to take jobber entrance to get into Skyway. Callis and Omega were stopped by a doorman who said that Callis and Omega aren't allowed to enter from the EVP entrance now that Callis is just a talent. Callis went on a rant about how important he is to Impact and how he and Kenny should be able to do as they please. Omega and Callis woman. Well, we see Josh Matthews and Dilo Brown on commentary. Dave Penzer was a ring announcer for the first match. Rosemary versus Kira Hogan. The commentary team stressed that a win for Rosemary would mean that Rosemary and Havoc would be in line for a title shot against Kira and Tasha. Kira ducked out to ringside and ran around the ring to avoid Rosemary. Rosemary got, on a, got her hands on Kira in the ring, hit Kira with a sidewalk slam, Rosemary and exploded a suplex, and then put Kira in the tarantula. 
Well, Rosemary reversed Kiri's strikes and hit her with an exploded suplex, but then Rosemary planted her with a sling blade who locked Kiri in a muter lock, and then Kiri managed to get to the bottom rope for the break. Rosemary then hit a scorpion death drop for two. Two. Kiri took down Rosemary with two roundhouse kicks for another two. Two. Rosemary recovered and dug Kiri in for a wing clipper for the pin for victory. Now, Impact fall in the same trap that WWE do, pairing tag with women's title. I mean, this was good for talent, but we need more tag titles. I mean, new stars, maybe even some iconic performers. Who knows? Wow. Um, Josh Matthews <laughs> noted that Rosemary's win should put her and Havoc in line for a tag title shot. Highlights from last week were shown of Mojave Shearer laying out members of... Obviously, Jim in an interview, Pete Williams, Trey Miguel and Chris Bay. Long, short story. Uh, Trey and Pete tried to convince Bay to form an alliance for them to counter people like Ace Austin or Shearer who have alliances of their own. Well, Miller interviewed Tommy Dreamer as a follow-up to last week's segment where Callis got fired. Dreamer said he doesn't like to see someone lose his job, but Callis deserved what he got and led himself to his own. Demore showed up and told Dreamer that he didn't like that Dreamer kept him in the dark about the callous firing. Well, Scott Demore then said he agrees with some of the criticism that Dreamer had of him, and that he thanks Dreamer for helping the company, having the company's best interest in mind. Dreamer noted that he's going to be working with Demore more as a consultant, and after Dreamer left, Demore ranted a bit, not looking pleased at Dreamer being assigned as a consultant. We then see Josh Matthews, Dylan Brown, checking for the commentary set, and they hype out the upcoming segments of the next match, the Impact Knockouts champion, Dylan Perazzo, Versus Susan in a non-title match. Well, Diona Pye faced Susan to start the match. Susan kept complaining. Diona dom- dominated the early collar and elbow, but Susan came back and tossed around Diona for a bit. Diona came back and hit Susan with a fallaway arm breaker. Susan Diona with a back elbow. Uh, Diona came back with a side Russian leg sweep, then worked down Susan with a joint manipulation. Susan was dumped to ringside. She then entered the ring and walked into a straight jacket submission. Susan tried to reverse a hold but got planted by a backstabber. Diona got the visual free count but she broke her own pin to inflict more pain on Susan. Susan came back with gut punches on Diona. She then hit Diona with a superplex, but Diona rolled her up into a Fujiwara armbar for the victory. Yeah, Diona put Susan in the butterfly submission after the match. Kimberly pushed Diona off Susan. She then yelled that she was done with both Susan and Kimber. Quick match, and Diona is pretty dominant. Highlights from before the Impact aired, where Fala Bar and TJP beat Decay. Well, the show cut to this week's Swingers Palace segment. Willie Mack and Rich Swan showed up. Mack called Swinger a bootleg Magnum TA. TJP, Fala Bar, and the usual Impact undercard wrestlers also in attendance. This eventually led to Swan frozen between TJP and Fala Bar versus he and Willie. <laughs> Willie! Don Callis shook hands with Tommy Dreamer backstage and told him no harm. Callis joked about rather being in the street than having Dreamer over his shoulder like Demore. Callis butted up Dreamer and said that Dreamer is the heart and soul of Impact. Callis proposed Kenny Omega, Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows versus three wrestlers of Dreamer's choosing. Dreamer ultimately agreed. Callis nonchalantly said that for his career entrance. Yes, they did, Dan. And we get Trey Miguel and Peter Williams versus Rahit Raju and Shearer. And Peter dominated Rahit early with his signature trio spot in the corner. Trey tagged in and kept up the place with kick kicks. Peter and Trey traded tags so they keep control of Rahit with tandem moves. Shearer blind tagged in and blocked off Peter from tagging in Trey. Shearer manhandled Pete with power moves. The show cut to a commercial. Trey caught Rohit with a chop and pay dirt. Shearer distracted. Rohit and Trey traded counters with Rohit tri- hit Trey with a pay dirt. For trip, a trip, Rohit. <laughs> <clears throat> right, Shearer distracted Trey. Trey and Rohit traded with Rohit hitting Trey with a pay dirt for a two count. 
Petey tagged in and caught Rohit with a Russian leg sweep. Then Petey hit Rohit with a power. He then went for a destroyer, but Ace Austin and Madman Fulton showed up at ring. The distraction allowed Rohit to hit Petey with a drive-by kick. Yeah, this was a fun, fast-paced match. Fulton and Austin joined in to help Rohit and Shearer put the boots to Petey and Trey. Josh Alexander showed up and took down most of the hills. Madman Fulton took down Alexander with axe-handled strikes, which allowed the hills to get the numbers advantage again. Chris Bay showed up on the ramp. Rather than help the faces, he decided to take a selfie video of him standing in front of the ring. Josh Matthews noted that it's clear that Chris Bay hasn't played yet. This was good stuff. Rachel Ellering called out former Knockouts Tag Team Champion partner Jordan apologised for forcing, especially after she became so bitter. After an emotional promo, she made the mistake of bringing Ashwood. Well, Thick Mother Pump threatened to drop Ellering on her head if she mentioned Tino again. This brought out Jazz, who attempted to play Peacemaker. Grace walked away, citing her desire for time to think about this. Like sharks smelling blood in the water, Dashwood and Caleb made their way to the ring to address the Queen of Strong Side Dashwood's offer of partnership. And she, along with Jazz, cleared the hills at all. Yeah, well, I mean, we knew this was coming. It's great from Ellering. Uh, you can see the tears in her eyes. Uh, Grace can work on her hill work a little bit. And Jazz started this. She's the one that got Ellering and Grace together as a tag team. She can finish this. Uh, Tanil has been a as well. Then we see Brian Mars was showing coach Sam Bill backstage. We get entries for the next match. Sam Bill had a notepad tucked into his tights for taking notes because he's going to take on Jake something. Well, something slammed Bill into the mat with the first move. Something, <clears throat> something took down Bill with a few shoulder blocks. Bill then went ringside advice for uh, who then distracted something which allowed Bill to... Bill then went for a crossbody but he caught got caught out of the air by something. Something hit Bill with a Mishinoku driver. Bill kicked out at two. Myers gave Bill a chair, but something stepped on it and kicked it. Something yelled, what's my name? And tackled Bill into a corner. Something hit Bill with a back. There you go. It has been, I have put down through a lot of impacts. If anybody's listening and wondering why he's having a breakdown right now, this is if the impact. Well, and we have, done, we have done a pay-per-view as well. It's like something picked up a drink. Well, what picked up a fucking drink? <laughs> well... Brian Myers took the mic and said the same. Uh, shouldn't blame. Shouldn't say. Shouldn't blame himself because everyone should blame someone else. Myers said to Bill, "Should blame something because something is not professional." Myers told Bill that his next piece of advice not to be like Jake and do everything different to Jake. I don't know if Myers is injured or just waiting for Cardona to come back. The match was a squash, but Jake does have something. What's that? Exactly. Well, Eddie Edwards and Satoshi Kojima were chatting with Willie Mack. Eddie told Swan that once he and Mack... We see Josh Matthews and Dillard Brown checking for the commentary set. They announced the following matches for next week. TJP and Falabar versus Rich Swan and Willie Mack. And Chris Bay versus Petey Williams. We then get entries for the next match. Next match, and of course, uh, Delay reminds viewers that Violent by Design vendor titles via the bird rules. So, Violent by Design, Joe Doring and Dina versus Edwards and Satsuri Kojima for the Impact Tag Team Championships. And I say something, Dan, Eddie's theme is a grower because it took a long time to grow on me, but is a banger. No, that's mine. I'm a champion. But in tune. Kojima dominated Dina early on with strikes. The show cut to commercial after Kojima took down. The heels worked over Kojima early and often, but the baby faces mounted in an offense of the match with a double tope at the break. The massive door ring regained control of the match for his team as he and Dina worked Edwards over in their corner. Well, the action broke down following a hot tag to Kojima. Despite the mental on her side, the challengers failed to pick up the win and the titles as Dorian caught a charging Edwards with a revolution bomb 
for the pinfall victory. And old men will lose. But it's a really good main event. During looks like a beast. And Dan, a huge blockbuster six-man tag team match. Pitting Team Callis versus Team Dreamer. Impact AW AAA Grand Champion Kenny Megan and the Good Brothers will make up the former EVPs team. While the Innovative Violence recruit Callahan Moose and Chris Sabin. We will watch that on Brace for Impact next month. Because the next time we... Will be watching Impact. Will be on the cusp of Slammiversary as well. So Dan, that is five episodes of Impact and a pay per view. Fair play for getting through it, son. It's been a long time since you watched. What are your overall thoughts on the product and everything that you've seen? Because Impact is actually not bad, is it? Um, Impact is not too bad. I'd like to. I know it's kind of anyone shows up, um, but you know, I think Impact they've managed to survive on their own for long enough now that they can do it without anyone needing to hold their hand. Well, like you said, 19 years it's been, but you've enjoyed it. I mean, the stories make sense and stuff like this. There's definitely a talented roster, isn't there? Yes, apart from... But, you know, that's a kind of way of writing a match. Yeah, well, well, Dan is very tired, so that is it for today. Don't forget, across all social media, Twitter, at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNRJR. Dan, where are you? Uh, I'm at WNR Dan. He is indeed. WNR also on Facebook and Instagram. Of course, all good platforms. Send us an email at WNRPodcast.gmail.com. YouTube, WNR Podcast with all the latest clips and podcasts. Go at the same time on YouTube as do SoundCloud. On your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes. We can download, subscribe, rate and review there. So that is it. Our next episode will be NXT UK with um, Dan. So Dan, the treble's on. So not only Impact, NXT UK and, of course, AEW. Will you be ready for it? Well, you know, Kenny Omega ain't got nothing on me. I'm collecting the podcast. Well, luckily, Kenny Omega won't be involved in our next episode of NXT UK either. That's going to be a huge triple threat match where we've got Rampage Brown, Joe Coffey and Aya Dragunov. It's going to be brilliant and we're going to look at the top 50 tag teams in WWE history. But until then, I have been James Rollins and I was joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. I did.